Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 185. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back, my friends. Are you intrigued? Like what is going to make you a better you? I'm intrigued too. <laughs> Life has been real, meaning celebrating the great days and being incredibly kind to myself and others on the other days. Right now I'm working on improving my physical strength and stamina because it turns out that a winter of sporadically working out just wasn't enough to stay strong. It's humbling how fast the decline is and then how slow the buildup is or the restoring is. So if you're doing this too, this is hard. Most people aren't doing it. I remind myself of that because it's easy to start and feel defeated. And yesterday I went on the obstacle course with my son. I could do a few of the challenges unmodified. Some of them modified. The rope climb couldn't do it at all. So I set the intention, a very simple intention to strengthen so that by the end of this year, I can go halfway up the rope. That's it, just halfway. It was a funny thing approaching it. The, the rope on this obstacle course is right at the end. And my default setting, here's how it goes. Jump up, grab the rope with my arms, panic. My feet aren't in place. I don't know what to do. I can't hold myself up. I'm about to fall and then let go. <laughs> and I realized, wait, I just freaked out. <laughs> so I tried it again. The same thing happened. Not a big surprise. Oh yeah, I just freak out. I worry in advance that I can't do this and pretty much make it so that I can't do it. And then I realized, hey, what if I just work on one thing, like foot placement? That's it. There's apparently a technique to climb a rope using both your arms and your feet. So what if I just work on foot placement and the mechanics of it? So rather than jumping up, I simply held onto the rope put my feet in place. And with that, I had success. At least like the first success. It was shocking. I looked at my son like with this wild delight and then I didn't know what to do. I looked up and I panicked. <laughs> How am I going to pull myself up? Oh, those default settings. I seriously see why people my age don't try new things. It's hard, it's uncomfortable, it leads to comparison of how strong I used to be or how old I am or how far I have to go which is both humorous and humbling. However, I am not giving up because there's now a new intention by the end of the year. <laughs> I have to remember that this is true about anything, starting anything, starting over, starting again, starting in a new direction. And these reminders have been incredibly helpful. This is hard. It is. It's hard. We are trying to overcome inertia. And most people aren't doing this. Most people my age are not tackling new things. I remind myself, most people your age are not doing the things that you're doing. Remind yourself of that. And it's not putting others down, but it's saying that we're unique, where you're taking on extra challenges, and it's a way to feel good about what we're doing, about who we're being. If it doesn't feel good to you, don't use it. Okay, I have to remind myself, break it down into simple steps. There's no race. There's no emergency. There is no call for panic. And then finally, I can do this. Whether it's the first time or I'm learning to do it again, I can do this. Just calm down, break it into pieces, remind myself it is hard. 
So the past month, the month of May, wow, does it feel like a blur. Between my son and his friends finishing up the semester, moving their stuff, leaving town, I went to Maine. I got to meet Dr. Liz Pierce in real life, and she's amazing. She has her own ENT practice in Falmouth. Check her out. She's got outstanding service and access, and she's funny. And I got to spend time with the amazing Dr. Claudia Geyer, too. Both women, they have no idea how special they are. And what else in May? Worked in the hospital. Get this. I broke down really complicated problems into just bite-sized pieces and designed a plan for the hospitalized patients without panicking. (laughs) So here we are. We're now halfway into June. It's an incredible month. I hope you're having an incredible month too. Before we go on to today's concept, Dr. Jillian Rigert has graciously agreed to start a book study with me, and we're going to do it on the podcast. We're also going to start next month, so you're going to meet her. You're going to love her. She's curious. She's authentic. She's amazing. She doesn't even know it. And the book we are going to be studying and talking about is called Fierce Self-Compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff. It's available everywhere. So I've heard great things about this book. I've heard, I've heard references to it, and it's now time to explore it. So join us, Fear Self-Compassion. The first episode will be out mid-July, and we're doing this in pieces because that's the theme so far for today. One chapter per episode. You have a month to read the first chapter. Notice we intentionally set the bar low. One chapter, no panicking, no freaking out. You don't even have to figure out your foot placement. This is not a rope. <laughs> And I'm going to be honest, I'm only going to read that first chapter for the episode. There's going to be no skipping ahead. All right, getting back to today's episode. On a recent run, which is part of the Getting Stronger plan and going halfway up the rope plan, (laughs) I was thinking about the things that help me be a better me, a better human. And I think I've shared it once in a while, things that make me a better human. Running is one of the things. The goal of this episode is really to guide a process for you to become clearer on what genuinely makes you a better human, a better version of you, what makes you excited for your life, excited to be in your body, excited to do the things that you do, that you want to do, that you can do, that you're obligated to do. And this is an active process. We're going to go through a series of steps and make it personalized for you, unique for you. Your habits and practices will be different than mine. They're supposed to be because they're supposed to be what encourage you and inspire you and help you feel at home in your body, no matter where you're at in the world. So that each day you just function at the best that you can be. I'm a better me when I stop caffeine early in the day. It's currently 2 (laughs) PM. Like right now it's 2 PM and I'm like one more glass of tea, just one more glass of tea. But then I go on to number two, I'm a better me when I have high quality sleep, like the amount of time and the depth of sleep. So the answer to more tea is no, not today. It can wait until tomorrow. I'm a better me when I take time to write. Like the first thing I get out of bed, I take time to write. And then I'm a better me when I pray every single day and I go to mass and I go to adoration. I'm a better me when I run. And when I attend high energy introspective events like Unleash the Power Within, I'm a better me when I spend undistracted time with Craig, with our son, with friends. And when I say, I love you often, and I genuinely mean it, like with a joyful heart, especially to friends. 
I'm a better me when I eat low carb and I eat two meals per day. And finally, when I set limits around work, because I have a default setting, which says work until the list is done and then a little bit more. And I found that doesn't make for a sustainable or joyful life. So let's look at the components for you to be a better you. And you may have heard this in other episodes. Like we talk about very similar things in each episode, but our goal is to talk about them in a way that we're looking at it from a different perspective. Essentially, each episode, we are working to make a compelling argument to your mind that the time to change is now. The time to refine is now. The time to evolve is now. The time to set down the things that hurt is now. The time to open up to joy is now. The time to take a chance is now. So that your life is compelling. Your work feels compelling. You are moving towards that greater purpose, that greater vision. Whether it's you alone or it's you with a group, that greater vision of your life where you just can't believe it's yours. Notice we're not working towards a perfect self. There is no perfect. This is about you being true to your values, your beliefs, and your core. You feeling the best you can in your body. And it's not about appearances or what's on social media or proving anything to anyone because we are done with that. A better you, here's what it requires. Uh, making a commitment to taking care of your mind, your body, and your spirit. That means you dedicate the time, the money, and any other resources with full belief that it is worth it and you are worth it. And it's also believing that this is essential. Like I breathe, I shower, I do these practices to be a better me so that you are always controlling what only you can control. And if right now you are noticing this internal struggle or this panic, like I can't, there's not enough time, that would be so nice, but there's just so many other things. All we're doing right now is we're looking at the components. That's it. You don't have to make any changes in this moment. Simply be aware of what builds a smoother day, a clearer you, a better you. It's kind of like the rope exercise I talked with you about. You don't have to jump up and have it all figured out and then freak out that you don't. We're just going to start with some foot placement on the ground and then six inches off the ground. We're going to make it so simple. So here's component number one to consider your sleep, yours. Think back to your last night of good sleep when you woke up and you were feeling refreshed. What was your bed like? How much time did you sleep? What was your mind like before you went to sleep? Like how did you feel about the day before? And what things did you do before bed? Like when did you stop eating? When did you stop drinking fluids? How did you stop thinking about what else you needed to do or what wasn't done or what's coming up for the week? And then think about the room temperature and the bedding. What made the bedding comfortable? Was it texture or weight? Was there a fan in the room or white noise? We're intentionally getting into a lot of detail because it may be enough to say you're a better human with seven hours of sleep in a dark room. Maybe. But it may be more effective to say I'm a better human sleeping in a cool dark room with white noise, a weighted blanket, after I've spent time unwinding the day, reflecting on the day, and planning for tomorrow so I don't have to carry it all night. There's so many components to sleep, like you've noticed it. Over the past year, the right side of my jaw, when I wake up in the morning, hurts. 
And then I realized I clench at night. It's an involuntary thing. So for the past couple of nights, I've been wearing a night guard from the dentist. Amazing. Woke up with no pain. So if you notice you grind your teeth, you clench your jaw, talk about it with your dentist because it may be affecting your sleep and your body and reducing your capacity to be a better you. And there's other things that affect sleep too, like sleep apnea. A lot of people don't know that they have it. So talk with your doctor. If your sleep quality is poor, it may be time for a sleep study to figure out why. Moving on, component number two, food, better human. That really means a higher energy. Being in a state where your body feels good. You want to move. You like you want to move in a way that feels good to you because you can. And you can think clearly and you can focus. So let's just talk about some food patterns for you. The timing of when you eat. Man, our culture promotes three meals, two snacks, dessert, maybe even more snacks. Like it really promotes never being hungry and always being around food. And the human body, like for many of us, does not require that amount of food or that frequency of food. So please note, we are not talking about diets. There's no shaming. We're simply discerning what pattern of when you eat and how you eat helps your body feel good. And then putting it in practice. So think back to a higher energy day. What was the timing of when you ate? Like how long between when you woke up and you first ate? And how many times did you eat during the day? And how much time between the last meal or the last time you ate and you went to sleep? And then look at the amount of food. Did you eat until you were stuffed, overstuffed, just full? Did you portion things out? What was your hydration like? Did you drink fluids throughout the day? And what were the types of food that you had? Did you have processed foods, fresh foods, cooked foods, fried foods? What was the ratio of proteins, fats, and carbs? And how'd you feel? Like before you ate, while you were eating, after you ate? Did you need a nap or did you feel energized? And then finally, caffeine, how much? What type? <laughs> and when did you quit for the day? Did you debate at 2 p.m. another cup? <laughs> it makes you human too if you did. All we're looking at is what helps you be better what helps you feel better, what helps you interact with the world better. Next, introspection. What helps you reflect on what's happening inside of you? Like what your mind is carrying, what, what's going on in the background? What are you processing or arguing about or worried about? What are you planning for? What are you afraid of? And then what activities help you connect to your values and the greater purpose of your life? Is it journaling? Is it prayer? Is it taking a walk? Is it moving? Like, how do you really go deeper? How do you get away from that to-do list? How do you get away from answering emails and really get into that place of who you are, what your life is about, and what's going smoothly and what's tender so that you can have that awareness and in fact, you can actually work on tender places. When I stop writing, here's what I notice. I have an unmanaged mind. I'm snapping at Craig. <laughs> like he'll ask a question or he'll say something and then I'll snap or I'll get annoyed. And then I realize, oh, this is me not doing my better human things. 
I really need to get back to it. I need to follow this consistently, even if it's boring, even if it feels like other things are compelling, because the pain of snapping at him or the pain of being annoyed, because his, whenever he asks me something, it is never, ever to annoy me. That pain is unnecessary for him and for me. So I want to pause and say, so often I hear it is self-indulgent to do these things. And especially if you're in medicine, it's countercultural. It's putting, we put others' needs first. That's what we've been trained. The patient comes first. The inbox comes first. The notes come first. And if there's any time, then that's our time. We like, we've earned that time. And what I say is we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to work until we are exhausted and we can't go anymore because it doesn't work. And in fact, it's harmful. And you can tell that because of the number of physicians who have left medicine or who are trying to leave. So taking care of yourself and showing up as a better you, it's what other people deserve. Like Craig deserves for me to show up as a better version of me. And others deserve that from you. They deserve to see you rested and nourished and connected to the bigger picture of your life. And you deserve to see yourself and experience your life in a way that feels whole too. Even if you have bills to pay and small children at home and a home that's a mess and charts to complete and calls to return and invitations to send and parties to plan, being a better you is more important. The practices that promote you being a better you is important. It simply is. So declare time. I'm not asking you to make time. I'm asking you to declare time. Block it off. Make it non-negotiable. Because each area that you make cuts in, you are lowering the potential of who you can be. You are lowering your own capacity. So when you do the practices, you do them consistently. Let's just say that that day, each day you start out with 100%. And then the things that you're not doing, that's going to chip away at what you're starting with. So poor sleep, you're probably going to start at 85%. Convenient food choices rather than things that nourish your body, take off another 10%. Not enough hydration or not the right kind of hydration, take off another 10%. You're busy, not taking time to sort through what's happening in your mind, take off 20%. And then even more because you're reactive to others and eventually you will be apologizing. (laughs) So if we combine all those, poor sleep, convenient food, not enough hydration, not taking time to manage your mind, you're going to start with 45%. And of course, you're going to feel tired and wonder why nothing's getting done and blame yourself for not being motivated. And you're going to start calling yourself lazy and eat foods that make it worse and make you feel worse. It's not surprising when starting so low, you can't go very far. You know, up in Maine, a friend rented a Tesla and it was fantastic when it was charged. (laughs) It goes great when it has energy and it forces a break when it's out of battery or close to out of battery. And we're the same way as humans. Better you means your internal battery is charged and ready and you are energized. So the practices for a better you, they must be planned for. They must be declared. They must be on the calendar. Time for sleep that is non-negotiable. Plan for nutrition and hydration. You don't have to cook every meal to have good nutrition. Simply have a plan and a water bottle. Time on your calendar for introspection. You know, a friend of mine has a, a holy hour. Maybe you do that. Maybe you have a golden hour. Maybe you have an hour to yourself where you ask and you answer deeper questions about your life. Put it on the calendar. 
10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, pick a place to start. And then time for movement. Put it on the calendar. You get to decide what that movement means. It doesn't have to be hard. This is not punishing. This is moving in a way that feels good to you. On the calendar, not compromised. There may be rare exceptions when you can't do it. I get it. We all lead real lives, but let those be rare. Otherwise, your ability to be a better you, it becomes optional. It becomes some type of luxury that feels out there like you can't afford it rather than This is the minimum of what I need to live the life that I am called to live. Getting back to our components, there's a couple more. The next one's movement. What helps you feel alive? Is it walking? Is it dancing? Is it roller skating? Is it hiking? Do you like to stretch? Do yoga, Pilates, CrossFit? Do you like to run? Do that. Schedule it. Get the gear, put it on, go. And you can have more than one. block the time and do it. Let it be something that feels good to you. This is not punishment. This is not a should. You get to be wherever you are and you get to do the things you enjoy. The next one's attention, where your attention is going. If undistracted time is a priority for you, like undistracted, where you feel really present with your family, if that's important, then this is an opportunity to look at and solve for what distracts you. So how do you manage the phone? It ringing, all the text messages, the emails that you can access on your phone. How are you going to manage it? And what do you do with the to-dos that aren't done? Are you going to try and multitask and tell yourself, I could just do this and I can do that? Putting you in a distracted state. Or if you're sitting with the family and you notice all the household tasks that haven't been done, how are you going to manage your mind? around that. Because there will always be things that want your attention. You're a high achiever. You notice. And there will be this this background noise that says, it's just going to take a minute. Just get it done right now. Which is a lie. It takes more than a minute and it keeps you from being present. Simply challenge yourself to keep the minimum things in your area. Keep your focus on what's truly important. And that's the human who's with you. Getting more work done, it's not better. And we don't have to earn time to spend with the people we care about. Like we don't have to do things before we can spend time with them. Life isn't about a to-do list. It's about living your values, sharing your love, and experiencing many meaningful moments. As someone who has lived by the to-do list and occasionally still does, I don't remember ever having meaningful moments associated with checking the boxes. And in fact, most of the time, I grow the list faster than I can get anything done. That is not being present with the people I care about. All right, here's the last one. Who do you love? What do you love? Like I just paused for a moment to go love on my dog. He's 14 years and two months. He can't hear us anymore. He can barely see us, but he's still alert and vibrant. He still responds to being loved on. How do the people you love know it? Like, what do you say? And what do your actions say? And what does the time you spend with them say? This is an area of growth for me. It's easy to say I love you to Craig and our son. It was not easy to start saying it to others. The doubt, the fear, the uncertainty, it just comes up. Along with the judgment and the self-criticism about what someone's going to think of me. I come up with all kinds of things. They're going to think I'm weak. 
They're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm saying something that just is not appropriate. All of that comes up. But I've been doing it for a while and it's a lot easier to say, I see you. I hear you. I love you. I'm committed to you. I'm not going anywhere. And I've had mentors in this area, which is hugely helpful, but I can say that it is possible to do it without a mentor. It can feel very vulnerable to say, I love you and not know how the other person feels, but it's so beautiful to say something and not worry because it's said with purity to show somebody that exactly who they are, they are lovable. No matter how they feel about themselves, they are lovable. And it is a joy to be able to share love for them, share love with them. Better you. What did you come up with? What's important to you? What's essential for you? What's necessary for you? And then block the time. Nobody's ever going to give you time to take care of yourself. But this is about more than just taking care of yourself. This is about building a sustainable and an exciting life where no matter what you're working with, no matter where you are in the world, you are showing up as your best you. That's what we're talking about. And as your best you, oh boy, is it amazing to experience the life you've created the impact you're able to have, the joy you're able to experience, what you're able to share, give, even the tough things in life being fully present so that others know that they're not alone. That's the purpose of life. So I'm cheering for you. I look forward to hearing what makes you a better you. So let me know on Instagram or the next time we meet up, share. What makes you a better you? And how are you doing it on a regular basis, a daily basis? How are you staying consistent? Because sometimes it's easier to stop and quit, stop and then go, I don't really need it, or I don't need it that often. But what keeps you consistent? And then share it with others too. I am sending you so much love. I look forward to seeing you next time. I look forward to seeing you at the Emerge Stronger Conference if you're a woman physician or dentist, because we are going to have so much fun there. And we're going to do some really amazing work. Ciao.